Good morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, and Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes Long Island Chamber Maps. My three guests with me this morning, Lisa Delapizzi, president of the Franklin Square Chamber of Commerce, Gene Judd, vice president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Belmores, and Dennis Grossman, president of the Great Neck Chamber of Commerce and also president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce. Lisa, Gene, and Dennis, thank you for joining me this morning, taking time out of your busy schedules. I'd like to start the program by having each one of you tell us a little bit about uh, the role you serve um, as community leaders. Dennis, uh, my first question for you is, um, when do you sleep? You're running two chambers of commerce. You must be a busy guy. And the business as well. Um, uh, usual schedule. Um, make time for everything. It's just getting up at five in the morning and uh, being at meetings by seven, eight. It depends on the organization. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Nassau Council of Chambers for our listeners who are not familiar with the organization. Tell me about the role that the chamber serves. Okay. As opposed to being a regular chamber, it's a council of chambers. There's 49 chambers uh, in Nassau County, and each has representatives that come to a general meeting every month. And then we have an executive board meeting, which is the elected executives of the council. Uh, what we try to do and, and what I've recently done is uh, change the structure of the council. So now we're going around the room and asking each chamber what you recommend that we cover at these council meetings and how can we benefit your individual chambers and what kind of feedback can we give each other? Because there are large chambers and there are small chambers. And what I have found is uh, putting together uh, a larger chamber with a few smaller chambers and cross-pollinating and networking, you tend to do more business and you learn more from each other. Tell me a little bit about uh, the ascension uh, to president of the Nassau Council of Chambers. Um, you just took over, I believe, in the last several months. Um, how did it come about that you uh, ended up taking over as the president? It wasn't really a takeover. I've been there uh, 10, 15 years, participated, and uh, um, it just came about to become uh, elected as president. Uh, I was a uh, second vice president for a number of years, a member at large for a number of years, and um, and that's it. Okay, Lisa, last month we had Dominic Minerva, president of the Valley Stream Chamber of Commerce, on our program. So if our listeners are wondering where Franklin Square is, it's right next to Valley Stream. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, seriously, um, how are things going for you with the uh, – Franklin Square Chamber of Commerce. I know that uh, you just took over, uh, so I'm a little bit interested in how you rose to the ranks of president. I became president January 10th, 2020. I was first vice president for several several years. I was a secretary for several years. I've probably been in the chamber, I would say, about 18 years, even as a member. Things are going very well. We have 143 members, and I'm trying to increase that number. We've gotten new members a few every week since January 10th. Um, we have one board meeting a month, except for July and August. We have one general meeting a month besides July and August. What's the biggest challenge you're facing in Franklin Square? 
as far as the chamber or in yeah, the town what do you itself? See coming in as president, what's your what's your greatest challenge? I would say attendance at meetings. I'm trying to think of different ways, different speakers, uh, different things to talk about. I suggested that we do mailings as well as send emails, as well as phone calls. And uh, we're going to work together to make that happen. We're just going to walk the streets, talk to people. I'm stressing networking. Everyone bring cards and flyers to the meetings. And this only works if you do business with other chamber members. You, you have to make an effort. If you're going to go to the cleaners, use someone who's part of the chamber. If you're going to go to a restaurant and you're saying, where should we go eat tonight? Try to use someone in the chamber. Go on the website. Use the flyer and make that effort. That's the only way it works. Yeah, members supporting members. Um, a little later in the show, we're going to touch on a little bit we do we do here called Genie in a Bottle. We'll talk a little bit more about some of your uh, desires for the chamber. But talking about uh, getting a good crowd at a meeting, I believe the Belmore Chamber of Commerce does pretty well with that. Uh, Gene, if we drew a straight line south from the WCWP studios all the way down to the South Shore, I believe we would run into Belmore or we'd get pretty close. Anyway, uh, the Belmore Chamber is actually a community uh, chamber that's that's uh, made up of uh, multiple hamlets in Belmore. Correct. You've got uh, that's why it's the Chamber of Commerce of the Belmores. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how the chamber is made up and also uh, tell us what's happening in Belmore these days. Yeah, that's correct, Mark, about the um, different hamlets. Although Belmore has one zip code, um, we do have variations, um, North Belmore, Belmore and then South Belmore. And there are some different civic as- associations in North Belmore and South Belmore. So. Um, a couple of years back, we did come up with, um, instead of just calling it the Chamber of Commerce of Belmore, we said the Belmores to make sure that it was all inclusive for the entire region of Belmore. Um, and Belmore Village. And Belmore Village. So Belmore Village is in the, the uh, heart of Belmore, which is where the train station is. There's a lot of shopping there. Right. So you got North Belmore, South Belmore, Belmore Village. Um, am I leaving something out? think that covers it. But yeah, yeah so you that pretty cover much covers it. Pretty, yeah. Pretty big. Anyway, so how are things going in uh, Belmore these days? Things are going good. Business is good for um Belmore. We're seeing a uh, revival. There's um lots of shopping going on locally. We have the main street where we have uh that would be Bedford Avenue down in the Belmore Village. We have a lot of events there. We try to draw people um from north and south all to come to a common area where we have our different events. We're going to talk about some of those events later because uh, one of them is is legendary. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, um, Dennis, moving on to you. Um, like as we said, you're wearing a number of hats uh, these days. You're also the president of the Great Neck Chamber of Commerce. Wonderful community. I've worked there before. Um, what's going on in Great Neck these days? Great Neck is very busy. We have a new bakery that opened up from France. It's got some wonderful uh uh, pastries and and a very interesting place, a modern built uh, building. Um, Great Neck has got a rolling demographic, and we're readapting to what's going on in business. So many people look at the town in terms of empty stores. I look at the town in terms of full stores, and there's a lot of new shops opening up, new businesses experimenting, uh, mostly restaurants because we're going from a widget business type 
uh, retail store to a service business, and this is the general economy. Um, I also think that some of the things that people complain about, the Amazon delivering or competing with them, um, not necessarily true unless you're in a certain business where you're selling an object that you can buy easily online. Uh, But you can't get a good meal online unless you order it in from a good restaurant who has to be within warm distance, as I call it, to get a hot meal. So um, the businesses now that are more conducive to the environment in Great Neck are new restaurants opening. There are many. And uh, we have a lot of changing demographics that has been going on for the last 20 years in Great Neck. Warm distance. I like that. That actually applies to me. Uh, I love Indian food. I live in Massapequa. And uh, I guess sometime last year, the closest Indian food that opened up was in Wanta, a few towns away. So we ordered Indian food. Indian food's delicious, but not when it's cold. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, getting back to Great Neck, yes, a very diversified community, which makes it extremely challenging at the retail level. Um, look, people are clannish in nature, right. right? They typically congregate with one another, and I think that makes it very challenging to open a business that appeals to everybody in the Great Neck community. Um, and uh, I don't... Uh, I don't envy the position you're in because uh, that's a tough one to kind of bring everybody together and convince everybody to use those businesses because others, listen, I work there. I know people want to leave leave town and go elsewhere, do their shopping or whatever, go into Queens or go into Manhasset. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one that you guys are going to have to figure out. Well, what we did is uh, our chamber joined the uh, Great Neck Chinese Association. And we also have uh, Ushang Namatsuday is on our board from the uh, the Machete community and the Persian community. Former president of yours. Yes. And, and we try to bring everybody together. And we try to start the dialogue. And the dialogue takes a while. And sometimes it takes a generation. Uh, but the dialogues over the years tend to produce a very homogenous community. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. And I think you're definitely making some big strides in that area. Um, not long ago, I attended a Hicksville Chamber of Commerce meeting. And for those in the listening audience who are not aware, Hicksville has a pretty sizable, what they call South Asian Indian population. But I noticed at a very well-attended general meeting, there wasn't one member from that community. And I spoke to the president afterward, we were just chatting, and I said, you need to reach out to that population you need them represented not only in the general membership but on your board of directors because they're a big part of Hicksville now. I went back to a meeting about, oh, maybe 12, 18 months ago, and I was happy to say that there were uh, – wasn't my doing necessarily, but I just noticed that there was an effort like on your part uh, in Great Neck to reach out to that community and make them part um, of the chamber. So anyway, but I digress. Um, Lisa uh, – Franklin Square borders on the Elmont community, um, which is about to get a brand new arena for the New York Islanders in in the fall of 2021. Um, What's the feeling like among the Franklin Square business owners about this happening? Is this a good thing? Is this a good thing for you? I think it's a great thing. There's mixed feelings about it, but I, I think it's great. What are the, it's only a positive. What are the mixed feelings? Like, what would be a dissenting opinion about the uh, arena coming in? Too much traffic. Um, the impression that there they would be more crime. I don't know why. I don't agree with that, but right. those are the concerns that I've heard so far. 
Okay. Well, I, for one, am very excited as an Islander fan who refuses to drive to Brooklyn <laughs> or take the train. So it's not Nas, it's not um, East Meadow but it's or Uniondale, but it, it, it's definitely close enough. But yeah, I think it's a good thing for you because I don't think Franklin Square is more than a couple miles down the road from Belmont Racetrack, right? That's all it is. So that right could be really good for, uh, for business as well. I hope I so. I hope so. Um, Gene, I want to come back to that legendary event. Uh, for those unfamiliar with the Belmore Chamber, I want to talk about uh, what is really a legendary street fair, um, one that is envied by many chambers. I speak from experience um, and one that many chambers have modeled uh, their fair after. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the history of the of, of, of the street fair? I'm not sure of the exact amount of years. I think we are uh, 40 years or so with the Belmore Street Fair. The Belmore Street Fair started off, um, most importantly, it's a family street festival. We don't have any alcohol. Um, the idea behind the street festival was to try to bring as many people to our community from other towns and regions to see what Belmore has to offer. Um, we have over 100,000 people show up over the course of the weekend. We have a carnival that starts on Thursday, Thursday night, Friday night, draws in people for the carnival. Saturday morning starts the street festival where all of our members are welcome to come out and um, we close down the streets. We bring um, their, they bring out their goods to sell to the, to the people that are showing up to the street fair. Um, many of our members don't specifically sell goods, but um, they are more service oriented. So we have them giving out samples or giving out flyers or just explaining one on one to coupons people. Coupons are a great example. Right. My business, we install pavers, so we're not selling pavers or landscape designs that specific weekend, but we will have a demonstration on what the pa a patio in your backyard might look like and what the pricing might be. And it brings in people, we get referrals from all over Long Island. You'd be surprised um, the festival draws in people from New York City to from Montauk. To, it's um, very well attended and it's different every year. There's a different uh, group of people. There's always diversity at the Belmont Chamber. If I had a dollar for every chamber that said to me, you know, we want a we want a street fair like Belmore's got. I mean, you really are the model example um, of how to run a street fair, and I'm sure you probably hear that as well from your neighboring uh, towns. And everybody wants something that like Belmore does. So it's a tip of the hat to you guys. Yeah, we have, you know, Merrick has a um, festival also, and we work with them hand in hand to make sure we have dates seven years in advance to make sure that our dates are separated from their dates and make sure that everybody can uh, get a taste of their local town. We want to make sure that people go and, and enjoy Merrick and our neighboring towns are just as important as Belmore. But we try to make it so everybody can have, you know, an, a weekend. Typically, yeah. we've been blessed with weather. Very rarely have we had cancellations, but, um, you know, that's always the biggest thing going into the festival as we get close to keep an eye on the weather. Yeah, you're, you're definitely one of the, the go-to events uh, on the South Shore of Long Island uh, yeah, sure. when the weather starts to break. Dennis, uh, Great Neck do an annual street fair or anything like that? Um, we used to. Um, we're right now in the process of pulling the community together. Uh, the chamber is also, we're part of the Rotary. Uh, we're part of the Village Officials Association. So the thing that we can offer membership is to open doors to a lot of other areas, including doing cross-chamber 
networking events. We have multi-chamber events with uh, Manhasset, Plandome, Port Washington, Roslyn, and New Hyde Park. And New Hyde Park is also sitting on the board of our chamber. Uh, Steve Blank from Roslyn sits on the board as well. So we're trying to pull the people together and also being uh, try to be an open door to new information. If you need something, if you need permits expedited, we sit on another board with Judy Bosworth where the town could uh, put you in touch with the right people to try to have permits expedited to open a business. So where something might have taken a year or longer, we're able to put people in touch with each other to try to shorten the time span. I like the idea of um, the chamber actually being a member of other organizations. I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. Have you guys? I think that's very smart. That's what I'm doing. And and I'm also trying to uh, bring in um, other aspects where um, we will, we did it with the Nassau Council as well. We did a uh, 40-some-odd chamber networking event last year at RXR, and uh, that brought together a lot of people. You introduce people from the North Shore and the South Shore. I have uh, dinner over at Rachel's or Otto's, and uh, hopefully people from there come over to Great Neck to eat at some of the restaurants we have in Great Neck. Great. Lisa, we're going to come back to you after this break because I do want to just talk a little bit about uh, if you guys do a street fair. I don't want to leave you left out. All right, when we return, we're going to have some fun. We're going to play Genie in the Bottle with our three uh, leaders. We're going to find out what wishes they have for their chamber uh, organization. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit WCWP.org. This is Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, you can download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My three guests with me today, Lisa Delapizzi, president of the Franklin Square Chamber of Commerce, Gene Judd, vice president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Belmores, and Dennis Grossman, wearing two hats, president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce and president of the Great Neck Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back, guys. So, Lisa, I just want to finish up with you. We were talking about street fairs and uh, just curious what Franklin Square does. Is something put on by the chamber or how does that go? There is no street fair put on by the chamber. I believe the Kiwanis Club of Franklin Square sponsors it. They do allow the civic groups to take a booth uh, free of charge if it's a civic group. If a business in the chamber would like a booth, they can pay for that too. So we are involved in that way, but we're not part of organizing it. So I think a lot of people, the misnomer is that the Chamber of Commerce puts on the street fair, but a lot of times it could be Kiwanis, it could be... Uh, Knights of Columbus, could be the Rotary Club, it could be any local organization. Great. Gene, I want to just swing back to you for a second because you're talking about the uh, Belmore Street Fair. Um, You have dates for us on that? 
So this year, just to stand corrected, it's the 34th annual street fair will be 2020, September 24th through the 27th. That's the... Uh, 24th through the 27th. Correct. And it's 34th. That was close. You thought about 40 yeah, years here in the ballpark. Okay, great. So um, let's play genie in a bottle. Uh, Dennis, you're at the um, annual small business person of the year and legislative breakfast at the Crest Hollow Country Club in Woodbury and just sitting there in the lobby on the carpet is a magic lantern. You walk over, you pick it up, pop the top, out comes a genie granting you three wishes for the Nassau Council of Chambers. What are they? Well, I think it's really one combined wish that um, everybody get to talk to a number of people in the room and exchange ideas and thoughts. Uh, We honor uh, from each chamber the business person of the year that's the essential function of that meeting. But I think it's really a giant networking meeting uh, between chambers. A lot of people have gotten to know each other over the years, so there's some very nice hellos when, when they come in. And I think by that cross-pollination, you get a lot, a lot of interchange of ideas, which I think are constructive to each of their chambers or their businesses and so on. Uh, some of the things that are brought up during that that meeting is uh, people are looking for mixed use as we belong to other organizations on Long Island as well, Vision Long Island and Long Island Business Council and so on. Um, store owners are complaining because their taxes are too high. And we hear that around the meeting hall, uh, around the breakfast. And then the idea is to have mixed use where you can put two and three stories above a single story business. And therefore you're cutting down the tax burden on the business owner. So, what you can is uh, can do is adjust the overhead expense to make it easier for business to survive. Do you meet on a regular basis with all the presidents? You do a roundtable with them or anything like that? They come to our monthly meetings. We do a president's roundtable, um, which was uh, uh, I think we had one this year. Um, Lisa, did you go to your first president's roundtable with the Nassau Council? No, because I was president as a. Oh, January 10th so your this first year. Opportunities coming up. Last year I, I did in place of the president, oh. so I am familiar with it. It was great. It be informative. Very yeah, informative. I'm sure, right? Having Getting to know 25, everyone. 30 presidents talk about what they're doing and yeah. all that. Well, Frank Camerano ran the uh, president's uh, roundtable this year. He did a great job, and uh, a lot of information was exchanged. Um, people get to know what's going on in other chambers, and that's how they get educated. Because we learn a lot from New Hyde Park. We learn a lot from what's going on in Port Washington. Um, different types of businesses. And also, that may put an idea in somebody's mind that maybe that business might work in Great Neck. Or a business that we have in Great Neck might work in Port Washington or New Hyde Park. So it's this cross-pollination that tends to build and grow new businesses or reinforce businesses that we have by giving them some new ideas. Okay, so those are your wishes for the Nassau Council. I'm going to come back around to you for Great Neck, okay? So let's move on. Lisa, you're taking a stroll around Rath Park when you notice a magic lantern floating in the pool. You pull it out of the water. You open it. Out pops a genie granting you three wishes for the Franklin Square Chamber. What you got? Well, I would say my three wishes would be, like I said before, for membership to increase. And how many is it at right now? Right now, it's 143 members. What's your goal? To double that. Wow. <laughs> no pressure there. That's ambitious, but... Uh... We have a great board. We have a great chamber, a lot of friendly people who are looking to get new ideas. So I, can, I hope that we all work together to do that and increase 
membership at meetings. I tell them if you if each of you bring one extra person, it'll double. You'll double your membership. Right. And if you keep applications in the car when you're shopping, if you see they're not a member of the chamber, give them an application. In my travels as a door-to-door salesman, I come across really three type, four types of people, business owners, besides the members. One is a business owner who's never heard of the chamber, doesn't know what I'm talking about. Two, they've heard of a chamber, but they've never been approached. Now, look, it's understandable. Everybody that works in the chamber also works for a living. So how do you get out on the street when you have a business to run? Thirdly, I run into a lot of people who drifted away from the chamber for whatever reason. A lot of times it's a board member upset me at a meeting or somebody said something and it hurt my feet. So you lose people, attrition, uh, that way. And then the fourth thing I still get from time to time is people think the Chamber of Commerce is a bank. And I think it goes back to the days of the Commerce Bank, but I jokingly say, you think it's a bank? Where's the bank? And said, oh, it's uh, in town somewhere. I think I'm not sure where it is, but there are people that think Chamber of Commerce is a bank. So the point being is that there's a lot of opportunity for you to grow the chamber. And so doubling it is not out of the question. And I personally called everyone when I got the list on January 10th. And since then, I've called each person who did not send their dues in for those few weeks. And I did get some of the concerns that you just mentioned. What does the chamber do for me? Someone said something that upset me. And I'm in sales, so (laughs) it's kind of a, a sales call, too. And I've convinced a few people, give us one more chance, come to another meeting. And a lot of people said, I work, I have kids, I can't come to a meeting at night. So my idea is to maybe have a brunch, a Sunday brunch in one of our local restaurants, just to get people, you'll get a whole different group of people that can't ever come to a six o'clock meeting. Mm -hmm. So ideas like that. I say this almost every uh, program, but for the longest time, the Hicksville Chamber did something I thought was brilliant. They've actually drifted away from it because they lost an executive uh, director or whatever her title was. She moved down south. So they lost some of the organization. But they used to do a breakfast meeting one month, a lunch meeting the following, a dinner meeting, and then two Saturdays a month they'd at the library they'd book a meeting. And the president at the time, Lionel Chitty, who you probably all know, I've mentioned Lionel almost every program for whatever reason, but he said, you know, that Saturday meeting, I only see about a dozen people, but it's 12 people that I never see the rest of the year. And look, there are businesses, if you're in the food business, if you're a sole proprietor, you will never come to a lunch meeting. If you have a family that you've got to get home to, you'll never come to a dinner. Uh, So I love the idea. Uh, Lionel did say they drifted away from it because, like I said, the woman coordinating um, no longer involved. But I often thought to this day, what a great concept to just keep. Because your your goal as a chamber is to communicate with your members. So food for thought anyway. And Lionel, if you're listening, hello. All right. Anything else on your list there? I think we had two more, right? Well, to increase membership and to. What was the next one? Increase attendance at meetings. Oh, okay. Two. Did I miss one? Let's that, see. The it third could only one. Be two. The genie will grant you both. <laughs> and just really good health and a positive attitude from all the members. I, I honestly ho- hope for that. Very good. All right, Gene, I'm going to set you up here. You're spending an afternoon at uh, Newbridge Road Park. You notice a magic lantern in the grass. You pick it up. What are your 
wishes for the Belmore Chamber. Um, just like Lisa said, members members are, are the biggest um, thing that we can always use help with. I mean, we have um, over 125 members right now. Our membership increases as we get closer to the street fair. People I was say, join. That's low, yeah, right now, early in the year, we're 125, but we will build. Um, to almost 200 members as we get closer to the street fair. Everybody wants to participate. Um, so in addition to the members, um, the members that do join, we need volunteers, volunteers um, to run all the events. In addition to the street fair, I just want to, you know, let you know that we put on a lot of things. And Lisa was saying a lot of the questions that we get from prospective members or even existing members is what does the chamber do for you? So... Um, a couple years ago, we started producing this um, guide. It's, uh, we, we send it out once a year. It goes to all the people in Belmore. It's the official Belmore Almanac. We take out ads within the uh, Almanac to any businesses that are in Belmore, and that pays for the production of the Almanac. And within the Almanac, it has all of our businesses um, that are in the chamber, and it also has all the events that we have put on throughout the year. So when somebody asks us, what can the chamber, what has this chamber done for you this past year? We can hand them this beautiful color almanac and right in the front page, it shows the events that we have done in the previous year and the upcoming events and the dates. For instance, the chamber, in addition to the street festival, we run a Halloween parade where we close down the street and the children dress in costume um, come through Bedford Avenue, the store owners hand out candy. We had a tremendous amount of kids this year. I think we had almost a thousand kids. It was ridiculous. We had great weather, That's but everybody was in costume and the store, store owners come out and uh, hand out candy to the kids. It's a great day. Um, in addition to that, we have in the spring, the Memorial Day Parade. We um, participate in the Memorial Day Parade along with the veterans um, the Lions Club, the Kiwanis Club, a lot of other clubs, we participate in that. We um, have a Christmas tree lighting and holiday extravaganza, usually the first Friday night in December. We have horse and carriage rides, we have trolley rides, we have hot cocoa, we have the Girl Scouts or some type of other local civic organization coming down and singing carols. It's a great event. Um, we have a Santa run the end of November. That's a uh, the local fire department goes to three different locations uh, with Santa Claus on the back of the fire truck, visits the locations, um, seeing all the different children, and then everybody's invited to go back to our local movie theater. And we pay for, or the movie theater pays for, the showing of a first-run movie. And uh, that's another great day. We also have um, Santa gives out gifts that day. And then in addition to that, we do a menorah lighting Um at the appropriate time. The date changes every year. And that's a great gathering within the village. So everything's listed Very active. in, the, in the Almanac. But it, it takes volunteers. You always seem to see the same seven or eight people. But um, we welcome all volunteers, even non-chamber members, community members that want to come and help us out. We're always looking for help. Well, you know, work uh, gravitates to the most competent, which is why you probably see the same seven or eight people. But it's true. Everybody needs a little more help. One more thing. Did you? you yeah. Yeah, sure. Our biggest um, event, and it's a weekly event from May through October, is the Friday Night Car Show. Now, the Friday Night Car Show it, in the Belmore train station has been going on for many, many years, yeah. over 30 years. And it's just the last uh, six or seven years that the Belmore has taken it over, organized it. We charge a small fee for the people to come in and show their cars. The fee 
um, takes care of the porta potties that we have there, takes care of some of the security, takes care of anything that we have to buy. It's like, run by the chamber? And now? it's run by the chamber now. So it's well organized. We have a permit through the town. We have, um, you know, help from the town of Hempstead. We get sponsorships for this. We'll have the showmobile there. We'll occasionally have a band. Um, it's very well run. If anybody hasn't been there, um, Friday nights, May through October, car show is a great, great time to walk through. And um, as you're checking out the cars, then you can walk through the village, see um, places to eat see a, a store that you might not know is there, be able to come back during regular business hours to patronize those stores. I think Merrick's modeled uh, their car show after yours. They do Correct. one as well, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I don't think they do it on a weekly basis. It's, I no. know they have a Father's Day pretty They do big. it a couple of times, yeah, a, a, couple year, times yeah. a year. Very good. Uh, so I guess you're not asking the genie for any more events. <laughs> no additional <laughs> events, just uh, some people to help us out for sure. And that was your third one? The third one oh. is that, um, you know, we would love to see every single store occupied. It's, it seems like this is, um, you know, it's not that bad in Belmore, but the businesses come and businesses go. We, you know, empty storefronts are the worst thing you can have for your downtown. Um, so we encourage people to come and, you know, try to reach out to the landlords and see if they can start small businesses. That's the backbone to our community, small businesses. You guys are blessed with a charming downtown in which to host a lot of those events. So yeah. it's, a yes. cute, it's a cute uh, community. All right, Dennis, let's talk about Great Neck. Great Neck. And I guess the biggest boost to membership that we ever had is when MapTunes, you did your promotion. And we got a tremendous boost in membership that year. Uh, the following year, of course, it dropped off as usual. Um, then I got involved with uh, the presidency, and we restructured the, the chamber. And we're running right now very successful uh, multi-chamber networking events, events where we have 110 people, 120 people show up at an event that we do in a local restaurant. Um, we're also participating in the Rotary's annual turkey drive, where we give out uh, 1,400, 1,500 turkeys to needy families. Um, by getting involved in other organizations, bringing people together, uh, we run networking events at the Integrate Neck in the morning. We run some events in the evening. And uh, right now I'm looking to do a breakfast or a dinner a month in a restaurant and get people to have dinner with the chamber members and uh, try a different restaurant each month. The Rotary does it very successfully. Um, I do it with the Rotary as well. So we're, gonna, we're getting the chamber involved with the Rotary so we pull people together. Uh, we find that we have some people that always participate in the chamber and others that are very hard to bring in. By doing the evening networking events at the Integrate Neck, we have literally pulled in a, a great number of the uh, Great Neck Chinese Association members and a lot of participation. And during those events, we've had a lot of very good dialogue. So we, once the dialogue starts, then everything else tends to follow. So the genie wants to know if you have one wish. One wish. Not one wish. I have many. I can, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there's a lot on, on the agenda to, to get it done. Um, we really have to get people talking to each other, get people to participate, and get people more active in, in what they want to do. And, and everybody has the same question, what is the chamber going to do for me? The only thing that, that after listening to everybody, and listening is the key, the chamber can be a door opener to multitude of organizations, groups, politicians, boards, and so on to help out businesses. So we can be there to help. Um, as opposed to what we can do for them to boost their business. That's their job. That's not the chamber's job. 
We had Thomas Gretsch on last month. He's the president of the Queens Chamber, Queens County Chamber of Commerce, overseeing the entire county. He said to me, great uh, analogy. He said, regarding people who say they joined the chamber and nothing happened. He said, you can't join a gym, pay the dues, not go, but expect to stay in shape. And I thought that was a wonderful way to put it. And I've used it multiple times since. So anyway, okay, when we come back, and thank you for uh, playing uh, Genie in a Bottle. When we come back, we're going to play Ask a President. And that's where I stop talking and asking the questions. And I let each one of you guys take the mic. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Rome once fell, and all great civilizations do. Is America falling? Could we be doing more? Some say it's because we have stopped focusing on learning and understanding what it means to be a good citizen. That's what this podcast is all about. If Civics is Dead, what happens next? Subscribe to Civics is Dead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice, or visit wcwp.org slash civicsisdead. This is Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. The three business leaders with me today, Lisa Delapizzi, president of the Franklin Square Chamber of Commerce, Gene Judd, vice president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Belmores, and Dennis Grossman, wearing two hats, president of the Nassau Council Chambers of Commerce and also president of the Great Neck Chamber of Commerce. So prior to coming on the air, um, I asked each of my three guests uh, to think of something they'd like to ask one or both of the other chamber leaders here um, in the studio with me today. Um, I'll start with you, Gene. Um, you have a question for one of the uh, or both of the presidents here in the, in the room? Um, I'd like to ask Lisa about the vacancy and how, you know, vacant storefronts have affected Franklin Square and what, if anything, the chamber can do to try to um, keep the landlords, you know, open to, you know, renting to new businesses. It's a common concern. We do occasionally get letters from residents in town complaining about the litter due to the vacant stores. I'm a real estate broker owner, so I try to search out who the owners are. On my own, I try to figure it out. As a board, we try to figure out what to do. We call the town of Hempstead. We call our local pub public officials to help us, sanitation, etc. Just try to pass the word. Just try to advertise. Do whatever we can. And... As each new business opens up, we do try to get them to join the chamber. We do try to patronize all the businesses. So that that's my goal. You know, that's my platform. The night of our installation, that is what I spoke about. Trying to uh, keep all the stores filled, keep it clean, so everyone is very proud of their neighborhood. Yeah, sometimes the neighbor, you know, I've found within... Um Belmore, and even next door to me, there was a vacant property for a long time. And 
you know, you have to go out every day and clean in front of your store. To me, that's very important to make sure that the litter is cleaned up in front of your store to, um, you know, it's the first thing people see when they drive by. You want to make it look attractive. And sometimes you got to go an extra 20, 30 feet and do the neighbor if the neighbor is maybe not able to get out there and clean or if you have a vacant store. Um, for a long time, we were cleaning up and trying to make the vacant store next to me um look at least neat and clean even though it was vacant there wasn't we tried to keep the garbage so i do try to discuss that with a lot of the members and people that are non-members within the town to uh go out and spend five minutes in the morning and you have to do it every day and we understand that they didn't specifically put the bottle there or put the cup there or put the garbage there but it's the first thing that people see when they either come to your store or drive by your store is your face, you know, the face, the front of your store. So we try to do beautification projects such as flowers or, but just the basics of keeping it neat and clean to me is, is very important for um, the look of the town and, and the, the way the front of your store looks. I agree with you. I find it astonishing that businesses do not at the very least clean up in front of their building their storefront. I see weeds growing out from the foundation, um, leaves, dirty papers. And I think to myself, just either you or send an employee out with a broom and a butler, five minutes. And if you did it every day, I bet it's a 60 second job. Exactly. Uh, it just, it's, it's remarkable. Um, Dennis, let's come back to you because I think Gene's question, well, Lisa was a good one for you to answer. You also, Dennis, have a lot of experience in Great Neck. There seems to be a lot of churn um, at the retail level with the storefronts. Right. Well, the cleanliness in Great Neck is there because the villages are cleaning up, the store owners are cleaning up. We don't have any weeds in front of stores and things like that. Um, there's also a question of demand. You're not going to open up a business where there's no demand. So if the businesses that we have now are servicing the demand of the population that we currently have, that's the functioning nucleus of, of the villages. And we have nine villages. So the key to that is getting the Village Officials Association, which currently uh, the mayors are doing. Uh, the last meeting, they discussed this as well. Um, and they they really have to be creative. Uh, Chris Torkin brought in this new bakery, which oh, came, Chris, okay. yeah, Chris from, and they brought it in from uh, from France. And uh, the gentleman has, I believe, 500 stores, or if I'm wrong, correct me, in, in Europe. And they opened up this one here, and now he opened up one in Manhattan, I heard. I'm not sure, but that's what I heard. Um, the stuff in there is fantastic. Uh, there's constant business in there, and it's kind of a meeting place already. So, we really have to look at both sides, and, and maybe at some point um, all the stores that we have are not necessary uh, because the business uh, environment, as I call it, a rolling environment, it's changing. We didn't have online back in the 80s and the early 90s. As that thing comes on board, just to sit on the computer and order from a Walmart, order from someplace else out there, or order from even a local store. A local store right now, 50% of the businesses on Amazon are small local businesses. So you really have to adapt your business to operating in a new environment. And when I speak with people as a consultant, I urge them to take a look at their business, find out what's not working and what is working, and how much business do you really do over the counter, and how much more business can you do online. Uh, Colson Coringe and Great Neck does a major part of their business online, and they're very successful, they're still there. 
and they do a great uh, local over-the-counter business as well. I think the challenge for Great Neck, because of the diverse population, is to come up with a business model that appeals to everyone. Because the community is so divided, it's hard to find a business that all factions of the population will support. Like you have a great chocolate. I don't know if that works. I don't know if that works. I find that in Bayside you have store. That store that that model doesn't exist. Well, it exists, but I don't know if you can open up a business that caters to everybody. Those are very hard to create. What you can create is a specialized business that creates uh, something that serves a particular audience, and they do very well. We have Bavanda in Great Neck. They still have a very nice. Uh, dinner business and so on. We have new Chinese and Japanese restaurants opening up that do a very good business down on the plaza. But, they appeal, but Chinese and Japanese restaurants appeal to all Everybody. nationalities. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. But up in, in the north side, we have kosher businesses opening up that appeal to the Orthodox group. So if I open up a business, any business that, let's say, uh, appealed to Persians only, is there enough of a population in Great Neck, a Persian population, to support that business? Yes, we have. Because, them. for example, Gene is in Belmore. You own Island Greenery, right? right? You technically can appeal to 100% of the residents in your community, right. right? You have that kind of. But if I open up a business that say just appeals to the Persians, are there enough in that community to keep? and sustain the business, I yes, guess is uh, what I'm asking. Up near Steamboat Road, we have a, a food court area, and, and uh, we have a, a Persian restaurant in there, very successful for many years. We also have one down, I think, on Great Neck Road, also very successful. Um, they do do well if they have good food. Um, you really, uh, your restaurant is only as good as your last meal, okay. so they really have to do a good job, and, and many of them cater now to the synagogues in addition. Mm. So um, they've been around a long time. They do very well, and we do have focused businesses. And then you have uh, businesses and restaurants that appeal to everybody. Uh, you need to decide when you come in what you could do best. If you're capable of uh, creating the food that services everybody, that's good. But if you're only capable of creating food for this community, focus on that right. and do it right. And then if you do that, you'll be successful. Okay. Getting back to Ask a President, Lisa, I'm going to ask you a um, question for uh, the gentleman here in the studio today. Uh, as far as maintaining the storefronts and, and cleaning up, what are your ideas, Dennis? Who do you involve other than speaking to the business owners? Who else do you involve in the cleanup as far as your chamber? Well, we involve the, the village officials association. We involve the local officials, um, the business owners themselves and the property owners, some of which are on the executive board of the chamber. Um, that's about as far as you can go because one property owner will tell the other one next door who may not be a member to clean it up. Uh, we haven't had that problem. It is working. So what we're doing now is working. So, okay. The same question, but also to include banners. Do you have banners in town? <clears throat> yeah, as far as the cleanup, um, for the most part, you know, we do communicate fairly well as far as getting the people to keep it neat and clean. I do recall, I think last year we had, um, we 
constantly get requests from the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts for to do all different type of service projects. So I think we did have them um, do a community event on a weekend and came through and cleaned up certain areas, um, just some basic litter removal. But it worked out good for everybody, gave them their service hours. Um, so that's something that you might be able to look into fairly easily spring cleanup project that's been a pretty big thing especially around earth day i think we've we may have done that in the past as far as banners yeah that's another thing that the chamber has spent some money on in the past few years we do have banners and flyers welcome to belmore shop belmore shop the best um so we have purchased um banners and have them installed on some of the utility poles um throughout belmore You've got a main sign, a big one, right on Sunrise Highway in Bedford there. Correct. You know, shop locally, support your community. Um, and I, I want to touch on that for a second because, you know, um, a lot of times I hear from local residents in various towns complaining about the condition of their downtown. Oh, what, we have too many empty stores or what happened to that cute restaurant? Something that um, I read that I it really struck a chord with me. It said, you know, People don't like losing businesses and services in their town, but they don't equate this to how they spend their money. Businesses will only survive if customers spend locally. So if you want a vibrant town where people can shop and socialize, you have to shop locally. And I think that point, and that's the Chamber's, most Chamber's mantra is you, if you want a nice community, you've got to support the uh, businesses in town. So, Dennis, uh, ask a president, uh, coming back to you. Question for the other two here. What is your method of uh, getting new members? So, um, like I said, that that is a challenging thing. Um, we've recently hired a um, person within the chamber um, that is in charge of membership. So her goal is to try to go out and physically speak with um, people, store owners that we have not seen in a couple of years or new store owners or, um, and go out and, and engage them. We show up with a package. Um, the almanac is one of the things that we show up with and, and leave them with. A lot of times they're busy. We want to be able to give them some information and have them look at it at their time when they're open for business. They're typically busy, but when you go out on a one-on-one -on -one basis and see the people and explain that it's not just, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is not just some letterhead, that we're actually real people and make communications with people and face-to-face -face seems to be our best um, course of action in getting new members. Lisa? I agree that face-to-face -face is the best way. I know for myself, I keep applications in the car and, and when I'm shopping, when I have some extra time, I do stop by and give them to the businesses. We also have our secretary who's been sending out extra emails lately. When we have a ribbon cutting, we have grand openings and ribbon cuttings. We invite the public officials. We have pictures taken. They send us photos and we send that by email. Other businesses hear about it when it's in the newspaper, when it's online. I've had calls saying I want to join the chamber because I see what you do to promote a business. We invite our members, not just our board members, to come there, too. Yeah, the ribbon cuttings are very good. Um, yeah. Everybody wants, everybody wants one. And we do ribbon cuttings. We also take out ads in the paper. We put all our members in the paper. We give them some advertising. And lately, we've been getting a lot of new businesses opening. Lexus opened up on Northern Boulevard. Okay. 
and uh, a number of other places. So they're asking about membership. They're coming in because they are getting some play in, in the uh, in the ads we're putting in, so they see this company. And they also want to make uh, new customers when they go to networking meetings. Free, okay. free, free dinner networking meeting. Brings them Similar to the uh, ribbon cutting, we'll also do anniversaries. You know, we'll do an anniversary type That's ribbon good. cutting and the same thing if people want to have, um, yeah. Okay, so to wrap things up today, folks, thank you for joining us. Um, a little bit about your business. Dennis, you're a guy who seems to be juggling a lot of balls these days, but what do you do uh, in 20 seconds when you're not volunteering your time? I do consulting. I've turned, I used to have a uh, gold refining company and I was advising many of my customers for many years and had a career at Citibank before that. So now I do business consulting and I do consulting with communities. I've been chair of the Board of Zoning Appeals in Great Neck for 20 years. And I consult with businesses on how to improve their businesses. And the hook that we go in with is if we're not successful, we don't charge you. So um, that's, that's a good hook. Yeah. <laughs> Gene, you run a very active Belmore business. Uh, 20 seconds on uh, yes, on what you do. Our business is on Belmore Avenue in the corner of Oak Street, right outside the village. Um, What's the name of your business? Island Greenery. So we take care of anything that has to do with outdoor landscaping, uh, landscaping design, installation, maintenance, installation of patio pavers, walkways, driveways, stoops, pergolas, um, so in addition to that, we do the retail. We have all types of plants, flowers, annuals, perennials for you to come in and shop for. Okay. Lisa, when you're not running the chamber, what do you do? Well, before I got into real estate, I worked for a company in Mid Midtown Manhattan. I have a background in financial public relations. So that does, that does help with the sales. I've been in real estate for 30 years. This year will be 30 years. Uh, December 1st. It's been three years since I have my own business. I work out of my home in Franklin Square, Lisa, DP, Real Estate, Inc. I really like it. It's perfect for me. No two days are the same. No, that's true, <laughs> especially in real estate. Okay, special thanks to my three guests today. Lisa Del Pizzi, you just heard from her. She's the, vice pre she's the president of the Franklin Square Chamber of Commerce. Gene Judd is the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce of the Belmores. And Dennis Grossman is the president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce and also president of the Great Neck Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. As a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. Visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Special thanks to my good friend and station manager, Dan Cox, and my super engineer, Tamara Davis. My name is Mark Snyder. Thanks for listening. Up next, Project Independence and You. <laughs>